Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 219. Comes directly after 218 and right before 220. Yeah. That's what's special about it. We are two, We are almost at 220. Yep. <laughs> Just about. And then we're uh, then we'll be roughly almost more than halfway. We're more than halfway to the magic number. Right. <laughs> we just need uh, 201 more episodes. <laughs> when we get to that one, I'll play the entirety of Dope Smoker. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for episode 219. Uh, we're going to get right into some music here in just a moment. A lot of great music, as always. That's what we do. Uh, real quick, some stuff that has come out and will be coming out. Uh, we'll start back on June 25th. Love Breakers put out Primary Colors. Drug Church put out Tawny E.T. E.P., not E.T. Uh, Remember to Forget. Cool track. That was because they'd had two released of the four-track E.P. Just listen to that one, and it was great. So go out there, check out the new Drug Church. No Guidance released uh, Fireworks and Arsonists on the 25th. The Dirtiest released Sovereignista on the 25th. City Saints released a single. I couldn't find what the single was. It is on Sunny Bastard Records. Go check it out. Han, King of Kings of Evil Conduct is featured on that track. Not digital yet, and I didn't see it on streaming yet either, but uh, especially if you're in Europe, go check out Sunny Bastard Records. Sus Escort, they released uh, Passion Intact. And that is on Primator Crew. That came out on the 25th. The Von Erics released Texas Tornado. I believe that was a single. And that was on the 26th. On the 1st, Sial, S-I-A-L, released Zaman Edan. It was two tracks. Then Porvenir, Porvenir Oscuro on the 1st releases Asquerosa. Human, human and a dad. Spiroso human and a dad. Yeah, there we go. Where are they from? Uh, I don't know offhand. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Uh, Plizkin release on the second, and their paradise is full of snakes. It is a great record. It is over on Pirates Press. The crew, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Uh... Featuring Fletcher, Tim Armstrong, Mike Muir, Matt Freeman, and also Byron McMacken. Uh, One Voice, the, which is a single. Uh, cool supergroup there. Tuning release on the second. A Beacon is Impossible, or sorry, A Beacon in Impossible Seas. It's an EP. On the ninth, The Gun Down is releasing Dead End Alleyway. Jody Faster releasing incomplete discog in in parentheses and then complete discography incomplete discography on the ninth graduating life is releasing two rehasher that is roger lima's other band is releasing tasty slices volume one i've already heard i think it was a cover of the beatles called and your bird can sing 
pretty cool. If you like his band Rehasher, check it out. And then on the 15th coming up, Chain Whip will be releasing Two Step to Hell. And that's an EP. Well then. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you got to add? Well, I got a couple to add. Um, The two bands that I've been plugging the most the past few months, both The Bronx and Descendants, they've released uh, one other track each, teasing the... uh, the albums that are about to come out. Nice. Yep. Uh, the Bronx last week released a single Curb Feelers, and The Descendants released a, another uh, single from Ninth on Walnut called Like the Way I Know. Cool. So, yeah, those, give them a, give them a listen. Uh, uh, you plugged a Drug Church's Tawny EP. Yep. Wonderful EP. Also, another one that just came out, which was just, uh, it was last week, on the 25th, they... Is uh, the Vandals? I saw her in a Mustang, and I gave that a listen, and I got through the first three songs, and it is really weird. <laughs> it is really weird. I mean, the album cover—it looks like they ripped off. Uh, insert any album from the '60s. You think the Beatles? You think the Animals? You think the Monkeys? You think any of those guys? That's basically what that album cover looks like. It's like check this out. <laughs> yes. Oh, agreed. Even the font. Yeah, even the font, it has that that, that weird little uh, near-vintage font. Right. Anyway, and the music sounds no different. It sounds that lo-fi, very rugged 60s-style uh, rock, you know? No bass, no undertones, just uh, no frills, rock and roll. And it is, it's really weird. It's almost like the Vandals are trolling us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I heard the first song and I thought, oh, this is just them uh, warming up, just kind of uh, uh, tinkering around with us before we get into the classic Vandal sound. But no, it just it just holds on to that thing. <laughs> They're going for a classic sound, not a classic Vandal sound. Yeah, a classic, <laughs> like straight classic rock. Not classic punk rock, not classic skate punk, not even classic hardcore. This is the Vandals totally refurbished into something different. I can neither say that it's good or bad. I'm just surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, if you, if you want an idea of what that's going to sound like, uh, just find the vandals, you know where to look. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's pretty much all I got in uh, new stuff that's coming up. That's not too far out. Well, before you tell, tell us about your pick to answer your question, Porvenir Oscuro is from New York, New York City. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a... Uh, okay, I guess that works. <laughs> right? Right? It looks like... So this release that's on Bandcamp currently, because, uh, yeah, the one we're looking at right now, yes, it uh, looks like they sing songs in Spanish, so whatever. Okay, you, guess. There you go. So... Let's get into some new music for the show. What do you have? Okay, this one just came out on the 18th. Is a new single from the lovely, lovely, speaking of New York, Show Me the Body. Right. Yeah, Show Me the Body. I've been plugging them like a motherfucker because they just keep releasing good songs. And this one is no exception. They just released this single called Stone Cold Earth. I don't know what the single is entailing, if there's going to be another EP on the horizon or maybe another full length. They've been busy for the last... uh, Two years since uh, the last album came out, Dog Whistle, which I plugged as one of my favorite albums of that year. Listen to it if you haven't already. 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Stone Cold Earth. That's a it's that classic sound that Show Me the Body is known for. Is that urbanized industrial feel? You know that bassy, grimy, buzzy fuzz that's coming around. Yeah, it's still it's still lurking about in this one, and this is uh, them still going strong with that sound. So here it is, Stone Cold Earth from Show Me the Body. So yeah, there's Show Me the Body gets a, for the most part, it's still that uh, kind of drudge, uh, that mid-tempo kind of uh, and a sonic footsteps, as I describe it. <laughs> but yeah, then it kicks up a little bit in there, kind of throws that red herring. But it's fun. It's a really fun one. And, and yeah, still holding to it. Show Me the Body's going strong, and I hope they get stronger. That's awesome. Well, a uh, couple more new tracks couple bands reach out and uh, i love it love get to check out so many bands because you know i say it all the time it's tough to come across all of these bands all on our own without some assistance meaning i know (laughs) people telling us about it and that's the best way to find out about the punk you like that's why you listen to a show like this Mm -hmm. but also uh bands just reaching out saying hey check out our stuff and i haven't got to everything but don't worry bands if you've reached out i am trying to get to it all uh, and here we go. Here's a couple more on this episode right here that I got to. We're going to play, uh, speaking of bands singing in Spanish anyway, the, the band that we were talking about at the top, 
from New York. Here is a band from Quito in Ecuador. The band is called La Bam, mm-hmm. and they are four guys from Ecuador, but a female vocalist, and she's from Germany. Well then, right? So we are getting a lot of uh, we're getting quite the uh, national distinction here, <laughs> right? Absolutely. But the great thing is, you know, I've heard the four track EP. The four track EP is called Viva La Punk, Viva La Bomb. And it was released on 420 of this year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I heard all four tracks. She sings in Spanish. So, I mean, I guess that, that probably makes sense. I would assume she lives well, there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe there should be some, uh, there should be some cross threading between uh, songs that are sung in Spanish while she also sings in German as well. I think that would be awesome. Uh, I didn't notice that, but I did listen to all four tracks. So, if, if if she did switch over to German at any point, uh, I guess I missed it because it all sounded Spanish to me. So <laughs> if you if you if you heard her uh, switch to German, you would know. I would assume so. <laughs> yes, I was not paying enough attention if that actually happened. <laughs> so it's between Latin and Germanic, <laughs> right? Uh, name of the song we're gonna play is "Per Per the Door." I don't know if I said that right. It translates it to loser in English. <laughs> and in uh, Spanish, according to Google Translate. Perdedor. 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 There you go. Pair the doors. Uh, yes. Pair the doors. <laughs> you're a loser. So <laughs> loser is the track. Again, Viva La Punk, Viva La Bomb is the name of the EP. And this is La Bomb. They're from Quito. Here we go.
what'd you think of La Bomb? Ooh, I really like that one. Isn't it good? <laughs> yeah, especially in the end. It sounds like a it sounds like a detonator just ticking away and then it bombs in the end. <laughs> right. It's good stuff. Uh it was my favorite of the four tracks, but the other three tracks are great too. So get out there, check it out. Viva la punk, viva la bomb. That is the name of the EP. And as always, definitely want to thank the band for uh, reaching out, and we're definitely happy to check out their debut EP. So get out, check it out yourself. You can find it over on Bandcamp. I believe it was on Spotify, iTunes, you know, the usual places, uh, YouTube Music, Apple Music, because it's on iTunes. I think those go hand right. in hand, right? Yeah, usually, usually they do. Yeah. Cool. We'll get out there. Check them out. La bomb. La bomb. Yes. All right. The next one is also another band that reached out. So I want to thank the band The Woodsman for reaching out, sharing their new single. Uh, the Woodsman is a three piece band from Wales in the UK, but they're a three piece band without a bassist. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What does the third person play? <laughs> uh, uh, I thought you would enjoy it, but it's cool. That they're doing something different. You know, we, we've seen or heard a lot of those two-piece bands, and they always have a drummer, right? So the guitar player is playing yeah. some sort of guitar, bass, tuned different or something mixed. Uh, just depends on the band, you know what I mean? One of those uh, baritone guitars. And I, I have no That's... idea if these guys are doing that. I'm just saying that they're also, you know, they're doing something different. They're producing yeah. their own sound and they're on the label Smash Mouse Records. I don't want it to sound like Smash Mouth Records. It is <laughs> Smash Mouse Records. Well, that just... Yeah, just changing the last uh, couple of letters in something in some word just automatically makes it sound more brutal right <laughs> smash mouse it makes me think of that one little part in the green mile <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you see that you know what i'm talking about right yeah percy that little shit <laughs> <laughs> well there they already have a couple eps there's two eps out previously so this single which is black hole they released it on june 10th so about a month ago a little less than a uh, couple EPs have already been released. So if you like it, go check out the EPs as well. Here is the band The Woodsman from Wales. Here's Black Hole. Behind. Now we escape from a black hole. Whoa! Now we escape from a black hole. 
So you could tell there's no bass, right? Yeah, I could <laughs> tell. But what was that thing you were saying about the uh, about the instruments that they play? Uh, that I didn't see right offhand. Let me look that up for you real quick. Uh, I was just making comparisons to other bands that play... Mm. Uh, you, you know, different styles of instruments with less guys in the band because they're kind of doing their own sound. So I wasn't commenting yeah. specifically on the instruments that they play, just that because they have no bass, that, you know, even with three guys, they are kind of doing their own thing with their instruments. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, uh, certain guitars are built in a way where they can sound lower and they're, and they take a certain gauge of strings to uh, conquer that low end, not going up to, you know, a nine string guitar. These guys are like six or seven string guitars. And then it also depends on the amp. Those were a lot of drone, you know, the sun bands and the, you know, bell, Witch and whatnot, a lot of the doomy bands, they, they use that. They call it like the amp worship pretty much. Okay. Well, Luke, he plays guitar, Ross does drums, and Jody plays vocals. Uh, Luke and Jody, last name Davies, but each of them, maybe, uh, maybe they're... I could see it being like related. a... Yeah, because I'm hearing, I'm definitely hearing two guitars. One is more on the low end, whereas one's more on, on the mid. Yeah, going on the mid. So maybe it's something to do with the amps. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I'm hearing. Because if you do, if you choose like a certain amp and you uh, have the bass turned up on it, and uh, with the mids and the low, the treble kind of turned a little bit more down, then yeah, you get a lot more of a bassy feel, whereas uh, the opposite gets more of that like a uh, classic guitar tone. Okay, cool. Well, so yeah, that that might be where it's uh, that might be where they're heading there. I can, but this is all speculation. This is all theoretical <laughs> at this point. You know, I have rudimentary knowledge of how sonic sonic emblems occur in a in any amp. I barely know the difference between solid state and tubes. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Well, that was the Woodsman Black Holes, the single. It just was released. They did release their EP, which is five track EP, Castle of Unrest. February of 2020 and April of 19, they released the EP, The Cliff Amendment. And I have heard a few of the tracks already on Castle of Unrest. So if you like this, you'll definitely like those. Go out and check those out. I don't know if they have another EP uh, on the horizon or, or what, just that they released this single and that's kind of what they're doing and promoting at the moment. So get out there, check out The Woodsman from Wales. That was Black Hole. Eric, let's do some older, lesser known. Yep. Both of our picks here in this section came out in 2020, so they're not too old. Yeah, they're not that old. Even by today's standards, with uh, time being, uh, the illusion of time being sped up, right. is not old. It's like, like if it's more than two weeks yeah. old, it's old. <laughs> but, this, yes. <laughs> oh, God. You know, 15 minutes of fame is starting to become... More and more of a reality, not just a, not just a fantasy, right? Or rather, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm getting off track here. Agony is the band that I chose, and I discovered Agony through uh, uh, through someone making a comment on a post I made on the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook. Um, I don't know what I was. Uh, I don't know what I was posting about. I was probably posting about a show that happened or whatever, and. Uh, 
And this one guy, he comments, trying to bring uh, this style of hardcore to Salt Lake City. And he posted a link to his band, Agony, it's their band camp. And yeah, I gave it a listen, and it hits hard. It is a style of, you know, more groove-oriented, hardcore, but just slaps like a... Uh, slaps like a baseball bat, we'll say that. <laughs> slaps <laughs> like a baseball bat. <laughs> so, so yeah, they have uh, one EP and called Life on life's terms. And in the title and in the EP, the title track is a uh, L O L T. Okay. That's where, that's where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> also, did I mention they're from Oklahoma city? That's awesome. Yeah. Don't you remember? Fuck you. We rule. Okay. Right. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this band. Cause, uh, this style of, uh, music is not often, uh, uh, scouted for in, you know, for the Fuck You, We Rule festival out there. Right. That one's mostly, you know, mostly street punkers and uh, some uh, some token oi bands that uh, sure. cater to that demographic. But Agony, like I said, is straight is straight kind of hardcore. If you remember uh, me talking about Full Scale Riot a few episodes ago or making relations to Backtrack or Turnstile, it's, and even Biohazard. Kind of in the same vein with these guys, only it's a lot more modern. We'll say that. Cool. So it doesn't... It doesn't lean much of uh, two ways. It stays very much in the middle. And, yeah, a lot of the songs, they really bleed into each other, which is kind of to a fault. Because <laughs> my first uh, few listens on the CP, I was really having trouble trying to figure out which song was which. Because the riffs sounded like they could be the breakdown leading into another song, uh, leading into another part of the song when it was leading into the next song. It was like, wait, is this the buildup of a breakdown or the intro? <laughs> so it does take a few listens to kind of get acclimated to that. But on top of that, I managed to find a song <laughs> that really stuck out to me, The Cycle of Fear. Oh, man, does this thing hit all the right points? Chunky breakdowns, fun little dance parts, and just uh, and just screamy chant-along vocals. I love it. And let's listen. Cycle of Fear from Agony.
So yeah, as it fades out like that, then another similar riff would start right there leading into the next song, and then, oh wait, this isn't the breakdown? Or this isn't like a lead into another part? I don't know. So, in a way, it kind of plays like a one whole song, and I'm trying to say that as diplomatically as possible, <laughs> because it still rips, it's still, a, it's still a banger of an EP, you know, but I feel like if it were being played live, it would get a better reaction. We'll say that. There you go. You know, so that way you can, uh, it's much easier to uh, decipher which song is which. <laughs> and, and yeah, just uh, really it's an album that calls your attention because you need to pay attention as to like when the song is going to end and when the new one starts. True. So, yeah. But that's not beholden to only this band. There's so many where that <laughs> a is... lot of the songs bleed the same bleed the same blood that's true i I get those uh when i listen to something on spotify like oh that's something i want to listen to so i listen and then i have to constantly be checking my phone like is this still the same song as the last song yeah for real yeah Yeah, but all the more uh reason to uh praise that one because that one apparently is a standout (laughs) that's awesome yep so just uh listen to yeah listen to agony life on life's terms and uh and yeah listen to it again and again and then you'll start to catch the rhythm (laughs) Awesome. Well, the one I picked, uh, I just realized when you picked your track, or we're talking about your track, that everything I picked except for La Bomb, they're all from the UK, even my, my pick at the end. So yeah. I guess that's just by coincidence. It wasn't intentional, but I did pick one, you know, Quito, uh, Ecuador. That is not close to the UK at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a different part of a coastal. <laughs> Of a coastal country. Yes, a couple continents away. Uh, Bleed is the band. They're from Wakefield in the UK. And they formed as a band way back in 2006. So uh, they're a a very popular, well-known band in the underground scene there. And I came across them. Really cool. that They have such a great following because of their live performances. So when you read about stuff like that and when you hear this track... You definitely want to get out and see bands like this. This is why we do live shows is because bands do a great job and they entertain us. So, right. Bleed is the band. They're from the UK. Uh, On April 30th of 2020, they released the EP Nobody's Fault But Yours. I believe that was their last release. So it's the most recent one. Uh, I listened to it. I liked it. And I liked the best. The title track. So that's what you're going to hear. So off of Nobody's Fault But Yours, here's the track, Nobody's Fault But Yours.
<laughs> that is Bleed. Bleed is a good one. Yes, cool like track. That. That, of, that, that old school 70s going into the 80s punk rock vibe. I agree. The, the vocals there, the guitars, cool guitars there. I like it. It's good stuff. Uh, check them out. Cool album cover. You know, some. Uh, I think the, it's got some cool artwork. Like I said, both Eric and I's picks there, both from 2020. Yep. And Eric has got something even newer for his album pick, and then we're going to play some older shit. So, Eric, let's uh, actually, before we get yeah, that, I was going to say. Jumping ahead because we don't have a specific show to talk about from the past. That we haven't talked about. So you're going to talk about some in the future. Yes, in the future. The future being the 10th of July. I believe that's a Friday or a Saturday. I think it's we Saturday. All, we all got calendars on our phones. We could, Yes, it's a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I just saved you the scrolling. Anyway, July 10th at Resolute Tattoo. We got a bit of a... We got a bit of a... Uh, hodgepodge of hardcore bands playing that one and just three bands we have social stigma we have fight the future and we have raid and social stigma we've uh we've talked with them we talked about them we've even seen them and they are something on the more metallic side of hardcore thinking of uh something closer to a band like chokehold and whereas fight the future is something a bit more on the youth crew side something more like uh youth of today and raid that goes all the way back to uh Black flag and circle jerk worships. Cool. <laughs> yep. And uh, what's funny is uh, the first few times that I had seen Raid, most of their set consisted of cover songs. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, they had a few originals, but you know these kids. You know back back then they were kids. You know, and right now with Sam and Arturo, they're about like uh, they're pushing twenty. Uh, Sam actually just turned twenty one. Now that I think about it, but anyway they. This was, you know, the typical setup in uh, 70s punk rock bands. They're like 15, 16 years old. They're just getting ready to play some shows. And they were ready to play shows, despite the fact that all they knew were covers. <laughs> and that, but then as they went along, yeah, people were liking them. They were, like, excited to see the show. So that pushed them to actually do, you know, actual compositions. <laughs> and they did. And it fucking rocks. And Raid is awesome. And Fight the Future is also awesome. Right. And so is Social Stigma. Got nothing but nice things to say about all of those bands. So, so yeah, this is going to be one hell of a show. Full of gravel. <laughs> full of uh, dust kicking up in the air. And maybe a lot of leaves falling on top of people. <laughs> if you've been to Resolute, you know what I'm talking about. It is a weird little spot. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a weird little stage. On top of uh, two dozen milk crates and uh, pieces of pallets that are just screwed together. But it works. Right. I mean, the stage hasn't collapsed yet. <laughs> well, I hope it keeps going in. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> At least they have a stage. When I played there, we had to play on the gravel as right. well. I've seen <laughs> that show plus a few others where yeah. you're playing on the gravel. So that's an improvement. Yep. Indeed it is. I mean, it's a... It's it's a composite of what DIY culture is about. You look at it and you say, oh, yeah, that's definitely a punk rock stage. <laughs> Just uh, use the materials you have and uh, make the best of what you can do. It's kind of funny when I got locked out of my practice space the other day. 
Well, I didn't get locked out. I just uh, put the key in the in the lock that is holding the door, you know, shut and keeping it locked. And then the key broke inside the keyhole. Oh. So uh, I was there with me, and uh, it was me and my guitarist, Ethan. And none of us had tweezers or pliers or something that we could pull the key out of because there was still a bit uh, something sticking out. That's good. So we were kind of poking around and seeing something that could... <laughs> that could be functionable as a set of pliers. We looked at the trash. There was a broken drumstick in there. So I was like, okay, maybe these little frayed ends ought to work. So we tried that. Didn't work. But Ethan then found a nail. So we... So <laughs> by using a nail and the frayed end of a broken drumstick, we managed to yoink that key right out of the keyhole. <laughs> MacGyvered the shit out of that. So yeah, like awesome. I'm saying, DIY, get yourself out of a fucking jam. Well, good job. That's awesome. That's <laughs> just a <laughs> funny story. Anyway, that's a uh, so yeah, that's a uh, a nice little uh, side story on top of a uh, on top of the show announcement. But yeah. And we'll have fight the future on the on the show pretty soon. Yep, I'm gonna, coming up soon. Yep, I'm gonna plug that. That's gonna be uh, the next episode, I believe, or the next couple of episodes, depending on how fast we edit it. But yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but we will we will be talking with them. We will be interviewing them, and we will get more info on what goes on in that band. And re- remember, everybody, you got a show you want to plug wherever it is because people listen all over. So yeah. if there's a show you have coming up, we talk about the ones that are here because those are the ones that we have a much greater chance of actually going and seeing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and also like a, a bigger bands that are coming through, they're touring. And if they make a stop here, yeah, of course we're going to plug that show. Absolutely. And we're about to get there. I think by August, uh, we're going to start having those bands touring. And so mm-hmm. that, that, that part of the show is going to be coming in full effect but here before too long. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be a... God damn, I'm already overwhelmed with how many shows are coming through. That's going to be, what, 12, 5, 17, almost 18 months ago was the last time that we had that segment. That's how long it's been since bands toured. Mm-hmm. And and we really just are doing this part again, talking about the shows that we do get to see here, which is still all local bands, and I'm sure that's for the most part yeah. how most places are at the moment, but... It's starting to change. Yeah. We're starting to get so many tours coming through. It's making your goddamn head spin. I know. October. <laughs> I can't believe, like, October, every other day, it seems like there's something. And sometimes back-to-back days. Oh, yeah. It's oh, crazy. my God. Yeah. And then tours keep getting announced. And then it's like, okay, now I have to mark this in. Now I have yes. to mark this in. Please, <laughs> for the love of God, don't be the same day that I'm playing a show or that another show is going on. Unless you're playing that show. I know. Unless I'm playing that show. <laughs> Oh boy, be a dream to open up for terror, right? Yeah, that would be fucking rad. But we'll see about that. We'll see when the time comes. <laughs> I know that's still far out. That's going from uh, that's everything post summer. That's the fall coming through. Yeah, season of the dead. But things are getting revived, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into some great albums here. So, what album did you pick? Well, I picked a uh, an EP from a band simply known as Move. But if you look them up on, uh, well, really, their band camp, that's the only place where you can find them. They don't have yes. a Facebook or social media of any sort as I far as I've it, right? Yeah, as far as I've seen. And if you're looking for them, just type in Move BHC. It stands for Boston Hardcore. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you're if you're aware of Boston's hardcore scene, you think of some 
This were some of the hardest bands really came out of. I'm talking the Bruisers. I'm talking Slapshot. Right. I'm talking SSD Control. They have some scorchers coming out of there. And these guys are no exception. Move is carrying on the Boston hardcore paradigm as far as brutality is concerned. But they are adding their own twist to it. The interesting thing about Move, they are an all-black hardcore band, and their music is is compositive of the Black Lives Matter movement and the adjacent uh, police brutality that comes about. So, yeah, they are incredibly... You can just feel the anger inside the lyrics that are just pulsating out of the trachea of their lead vocalist. Like, he is just... He's got powerful vocals, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) What more can I say about it? It's just... uh, they are just rowdy and rambunctious, but very well-spoken and uh, extremely opinionated. They're, they're wearing it right on their sleeves. They're pushing it forward, and they're preaching, in my opinion, a really good message. And one of, their, uh, yeah, and one of the songs that I did choose, but it's the, it's the second choice. They're saying how uh, we're not asking for revenge. Revenge is not necessary. It's not going to get us anywhere. We're just simply asking for you to stop with this bullshit. That is racism. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a, at this point, it sounds like it's just a beating a dead horse because so many punk bands have come together saying that racism is wrong and that police brutality is wrong. But the reason that we keep saying that is because it keeps happening. (laughs) So as long as it keeps happening, we're going to keep yelling about it. And that's what Move is doing with this one. So Righteous Unrest, yeah, that is a... This is the song that I chose, the first one anyway. Righteous Unrest, it's, uh, the lyric kind of depict um, how protests can uh, can turn violent, even though they start off as pre- uh, peaceful and that they are fighting for the cause. The violent, <laughs> just uh, using uh, violence against violence is uh, not really going to help anybody. Right, so that's true. That's what I got out of uh, Righteous Unrest. Let's see what you can get out of it. And if you uh, can't really uh, hear the message in the lyrics, just appreciate the sound because this thing is going to crush you. (laughs) All right.
So, yeah. Told you it was going to slap. <laughs> so, yeah, right, Righteous Unrest, uh, in case you uh, missed some of the lyrics, is basically uh, what I said earlier about uh, protests uh, that once started off as pre- peaceful, turned into violence, and some of that is enacted by when the cops start acting out as well. You know, if the cops use uh, violence on you, they're going to respond the same way, and then it just turns into, as they say in the song, turns into a riot. <laughs> Goes uh, either way. You yeah. know, whatever side's going to do one thing, while well, the other side's probably going to do Yep. same thing in response. That's why it's uh, hard to push the blame on one side, because if you got multiple people against multiple people, it's sort of like the uh, the the ethos of the shot that was heard around the world. You know, over in Lexington, the first shot that started the Revolutionary War, as it were. No one knows what side shot first. Right. No one did. And that can easily be acclimated to uh, this spot right here. No one knows who started it. No one knows who's going to end it. No one even knows if it's going to end. It just is right now. It's like most any war pre-1900s. You know, you show up on either side of the battlefield, you know, think about Braveheart and... Yeah. You, you know, so many other movies, and you're lined up on one side. Well, when one side starts charging, you have two options. Turn around and run, and they'll probably still get you, or mm-hmm. you're going to fight fire with fire, as it were. Yeah. And it's fighting fire with fire. It's uh, Really, it's Darwinism, survival of the fittest. <laughs> and also, yeah, the fact that we evolve, our weapons evolve, too. Yes. Yeah, we went from uh, sticks and rocks, and we found out we could tie those two together, and we could basically sharpen the stones and make an axe. Right. And then we found out, then we discovered metals could be <laughs> could be molded into weapons as well. And then we discovered something called gunpowder. Right. And then we learned about bombs. Oh, yeah. Evolution's a wonderful fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the people who would deny it are just scared. Right. Anyway, back to uh, back to the plot one more here. track. Yes, yeah, one, one more track here. One more, yeah, one more track. Uh, still holding onto the onto uh, the uh, political side here with the uh, yeah with the title track to this EP, which uh, I don't think I said the title. It's uh, Freedom Dreams. Yeah, in Freedom Dreams. It's uh, I'm looking at the uh, lyrics here, uh, basically saying basically saying like I fight and I fight and I fight. I refuse to rest until I see progress. All to one day see these fucking freedom dreams, yeah. Because for a lot of the people who are like in that, in that thing where they are just being uh, uh just being crushed due to the bouts of uh, racism and also classism on the same coin, yeah, they don't see themselves as a free people. They see themselves as a uh, bounded by these uh, barriers that are really just uh, invisible, but because that the powers that be acclimate them to be so they are still going to fight for it so it's like we still are dreaming of freedom and we're gonna find that right <laughs> yep it's uh yeah it holds a lot of water <laughs> these uh uh these statements that are going on here and it can be it can be assessed to anyone in that uh th- that is in that same struggle so yeah, Freedom Dreams, this is the one that I think hit the hardest, both lyrically and musically. Like, this probably had the, uh, probably my favorite part of any breakdown. It's where it's like, uh, 
the drums just kind of seize and then it's just the guitar giving in while the vocalist is just screaming over that. <laughs> I love that build up. I love when it fucking hits and that's why I that's probably the reason why I chose this song. <laughs> was that just that pinnacle moment right there. Awesome. So yeah, along with everything else that I that was aforementioned, let's get into the title track of Freedom Dreams. credits right there <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of groove a lot of thrashy parts a lot of uh and just a lot of straightforward hardcore parts and there is a lot of anger and a lot of unsettling nature in this in this whole ep it's been on repeat for me this thing slaps hard and yeah it really leaves its mark at least in my opinion if uh if you like what you heard if it hits you the same way then once again, check it out. There are no social medias. Just movebhc.bandcamp.com. There you go. Yep. Give them a listen and give them the support. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Album I'm going to pick is actually a dual EP, meaning mm. the band Red Alert, uh, they are from Sunderland in England there in the U.K., like I said, I picked all England bands except for the one band from Ecuador, La Bam. 
Uh, Red Alert, they started in 1979. They split in 84, so five years as a band, but then they reformed five years after that in 1989, and they've put out several other releases since then, including this one from 1994. I hadn't picked a dual EP before because there's really not a lot of those around, but the band released two EPs uh, on the same release, so one EP being... Drinking with Red Alert, and it has three tracks, and the other EP being Street Survivors, and it has four tracks. So, it's really cool. If you like the band Red Alert, they do have other albums, and I could have definitely picked that, but I decided to go with something a little bit different on this one. And I'm going to pick one track from each of the EPs, and even though it's all it's all on the same release. So, keep that in mind. You're not buying two different seven inches. It's one, it's one release. The band Red Alert... We're going to play off of Drinking with Red Alert, the the first part, or the first EP of the dual EP, and we're going to play the track Long Night in Long Island. Hope you like it. Here it goes.
<laughs> you sure they're from the UK? <laughs> I'm just guessing. I, I just kind of threw it out there. You know, dart on the board, maybe. <laughs> the roulette wheel, sure. Right. <laughs> no, nah, but in that, I hear a lot of... Uh, in that band, I hear a lot of where their influences comes out in bands like Rancid and uh, Street Dogs, bringing in those sort of, uh, uh, not exactly twangy guitars, but the, you know, the high end a lot more. Right. You know? Whereas something that could be uh, acclimated or mistaken as a solo, when really it's just a melody adding to the uh, low end. Right. Well, a band starts in 79, and they're played for five years, and then get back together in 89, and then this came out six years after, 94 plus you know, all the several years after, you're right. I think that yeah. they probably influenced a lot of bands. Uh, the Canadian band Border Guards, uh, for sure, they named themselves after one of the tracks from the band called Border Guards. That's the name of the track. <laughs> Not the track we're playing here, because that's on a different release, and I've already played that on a different show. But uh, that is the only other track that I've played from this band, and I really like this band. So Red Alert. That was Long Night in Long Island off of the Drinking with Red Alert portion of the dual EP. Because you get split EPs, but this is a dual EP. Mm -hmm. Two EPs, same band. So the other one is Street Survivors. That's the other half of the EP. And from that, the beginning of the end, really great track. It actually just came up when I had Spotify on random. And after I heard this, like, yeah, I definitely want to play some Red Alert. And that's what prompted me to get into this specific release for the show. So the beginning of the end is the name of the track. Again, it comes from the Street Survivors portion of the split. So here we go. Here's some more Red Alert. Yeah. 
This is the beginning of the end. Of the end. They play that at the the end of the EP or the beginning? Uh, it was at the beginning, I believe. Oh, the okay. begin, but so like I said, there's two portions, and this is the second portion. So yeah, I don't actually have the vinyl myself, but I believe you have the one half on one side, the one half on the other side. So yeah. I think this is the beginning of the second half. Yeah, the beginning of Act Two. Right? <laughs> Did you? Is there a reason that you uh, know of why they had this released as a double LP? I don't know. I oh. don't know how. It's the only dual EP release, you know, releasing two EPs on the same release that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's others out there, and I've probably even heard them before, but coming to my mind at the moment, this is the only one I know of. Yeah. The way that I could see it is, like, uh, coming from my viewpoint, it would make sense as, like, a, you know, an EP is basically an LP that is split in half. Right. So the fact that you don't, it's like you want to tell two stories that are complemented on each other, but you don't want it to have it all in one all in one part. You want to, like, divide the EPs a little bit, sort of like you're doing a double LP. Right. You know? So maybe that was the, maybe that was the uh, thing behind it for these guys. As like they're telling two separate stories as like a episode one, then episode two, you know? Could be. Yeah, but and, and sound-wise, I didn't really hear uh, anything different. Because I also think of the uh, Violent Affair uh, right. EPs that came out. And each right. one was like in a different tuning and it had like a different uh, subject that they were talking about. Right. That was That's the coolest uh, collection of releases from a band that I'm aware of is that one that Violent Affair did. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Just so much thought and detail into the albums, the art on the albums, the connection of all the album artwork. And that's just the artwork, not counting the theme, you know, the album names, where the album names go, the tuning of each track (laughs) on those specific EPs. I mean, just so much thought and pre-planning had to go into it. Plus, the themes of the songs go with the themes of the EP, which all is part of the greater theme of the collection. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Just, I loved it. <laughs> I did too. I loved it. It was just like this ever-flowing narrative between like four to seven inches. Right. That was great. <laughs> well, Violent Affair is awesome. This right here, Red Alert. I really like Red Alert. Uh, go check it out again. That was the beginning of the end that came off the Street Survivors portion of the dual EP. Eric, we played a lot of great punk music. Let's play some non-punk music and wrap this shit up. Yeah, let's play some uh, metal. Let's play some thrash metal from 1989. One of the bands that, had they have uh, made a bigger impact, would have turned the alleged Big Four into a Big Five, in my opinion. If you are aware of the uh, Big Four of Thrash, it goes in the order of Metallica, then Slayer, then Megadeth, then Anthrax... But the one that people often argue should have been in that lineup is Exodus. <laughs> yeah, Exodus, and they are one of the front runners of Thrash. People often forget that. They started way back in 79, whereas Metallica and Slayer, they didn't come until 80, 81 even. I didn't and, know that much about this band. I was reading about yeah. them. Like, I know the band's name. I've heard them forever, but I've just not, have never been too into them. And so I'm familiar with the Metallica story, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Mustaine started you know they got yeah and then left and then you get megadeth because of that right so mm-hmm. in that sense you get two great bands for that reason and maybe for what you just said 
it's the inverse of that being Kurt Hammett. Kurt Hammett <laughs> yeah. left Exodus for Metallica and it didn't produce that. It, maybe that's why, you know, I don't want to equate it to one guy, but just, you know, in that same sense that Dave Mustaine leaves and you get Megadeth, well, Kurt Hammett leaves to go to Metallica and Exodus isn't quite at the cut, yeah. you know, where the, the big four are. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people have assuaged it to uh, the the debut recording of Bonded by Blood and Bonded by Blood, terrific thrash record. It's got the it's got everything. It's got the it's got those two babies, those Siamese twins on the cover that are just like held together at the back, and it looks brutal. And but people often say like, uh, had it been produced a bit better, had it been up to par with like a uh, Kill 'Em All or Show No Mercy or uh, Fistful of Steel, it would have uh, had a better chance of being a a contender amongst the big four and Exodus. That's not to, you know, that's not to slide them in any way. They have paid their dues. They have multiple albums and multiple fans. I mean, and they've been going strong uh, and are still going strong. They're actually going to be touring this year with Testament. 42 years as a band. Then that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And uh, I follow Gary Holt on Instagram. He is still just like, he's looking happy and healthy as ever. Yeah, those guys have all got to be about 60-ish or mm-hmm. more, give or take. And, you know, we're talking about the big four. Well, how many metal bands have been out there? I mean, they're in that, <laughs> yeah. if they're not, depending on who you ask, if they're not in that top tier of four, they're right below, I'm sure. And that's yeah. still far above the majority. Yeah. And people often give, like, a uh, another uh, big four, they give it to uh, Exodus, they give it to Testament, they give it to uh, Destruction from Germany, and they also give it to uh, uh, Death Angel. Okay. So, so yeah, again, it just kind of goes down the line, and it's a give or take sort of thing. Uh, but, yeah, Exodus, I pay a lot of respects to them of being one of the very first and the front runners of the thrash sound, taking the motorhead sound and just... Uh, Equating that to a bit more of a Judas Priest technicality. Cool. So that's really what they were uh, doing. And yeah, Exodus made their mark and they continued to do so. The other thing that sucked is their original singer, Paul Balif, he died. Uh, the only release he had done was their first one, Bonded by Blood. So they had to, they had to scoop. Yeah, they had to scrimp and find another vocalist until they found a. Uh, I forget his last name, but I know his stage name is Zetro. Nice. <laughs> yes, Zetro. Uh, radically different vocals f- as opposed to uh, Paul Bailiff. Paul Bailiff had more of that, like, a scratchy, uh, uh, kind of a scratchy Rob Halford tone. You know, Lemmy meets Halford sort of thing. Okay. And uh, But this guy, he had it a bit more nasally, <laughs> Zetro did. Just had, like, a... <laughs> it was almost like a, a feral cat. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I, it sounds to me. But not saying he's a bad vocalist. It was a very. It was just that was his approach. That's how people know about him. And he made his mark in Fabulous Disaster. Fabulous Disaster to me was what introduced me to Exodus, and it was really. And it has a lot of scorchers on there. The. Uh, what what was. <laughs> I forgot the I forgot the damn first song, but probably the big takeaway was Toxic Waltz, the big uh, mosh anthem of 1989. Everybody's doing the Toxic Waltz, slam your partner against the wall. <laughs> if you hit the floor, you can always crawl. 
Which I did the first time I saw Exodus. <laughs> as soon as they bid that part, I got on my knees and just started rolling across the circle pit. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Young and dumb. Now I'm old and dumb. Anyway, the so the album Fabulous Disaster has got a lot of great songs on there. Some of them are undercuts as well. Fan favorites. They even cover the Lowrider song. Wow. Yeah. And at the end of the album, they cover ACDC's Overdose, which is my favorite ACDC song. I'm going to plug that for a minute. But my favorite original cut on that album, it's not Toxic Waltz. That used to be my favorite. But then I slide it a bit more towards the title track, Fabulous Disaster. It's just that, that large chorus. That thing just runs off like a Rolodex. And forever after, you can hear the laughter. World's being plastered by an evil bastard. You just have to... It took me forever to memorize that chorus. <laughs> and I'm glad that I did, because the last time I saw Exodus, which was in the Metro, you know, this... Wow. You know, you think of the stages that Metallica and Slayer often play. The Metro is microscopic compared to that. It is a bar. You know, they're playing on a barroom stage. Not your typical barroom stage is a little bit bigger. It's a little more elevated. But still, the fact that they were doing that <laughs> just kind of shows how uh, uh, where they land on the on the totem pole. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. But it was a great show. And they played that they played that song. And I was like, oh, I can die happy. Almost. I still have yet to hear Cajun Hell from those guys. But that's a different story. This one is Fabulous Disaster. It is a brutal thrash scorcher. Try and sing along if you can. <laughs>
yeah, there it was, the fabulous disaster. <laughs> For those of you who didn't catch it, the world's being plastered by an evil bastard, exterminating faster, devastating plaster, fabulous disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I even probably messed that up, but that's essentially what it is. Also, I think another reason why Exodus didn't quite get as big as the uh, yeah, as the aforementioned is because they kind of stayed on that realm of urban street thrash. Like, they didn't get way too technical like uh, Megadeth did, adopting those kind of speed metal guitars. And they didn't get as, like, uh, as like brutal and as uh, just all-around eviscerating <laughs> as Slayer did. <laughs> And they didn't like get all the uh, critical acclaim that uh, Metallica did, being as catchy as they were technical. Exodus stayed very much in that kind of grimy area. I mean, even Anthrax had that kind of goofball standard to it. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like these fun-loving New Yorkers. Yeah, Exodus, they just kind of, uh, they existed in their own realm, but they stayed pretty content with it. Until they, uh, until they did finally get the new label attention because all of a sudden thrash was the talk of the day. <laughs> and now, and now they're saying, Oh, Testament, you need to write a song. That's a ballad to where they respond with a song. That's literally called the ballad. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but yeah, all those other bands, they didn't quite reach the same, the same standards as the, uh, as the aforementioned big four, but, but yeah, they stuck, they stuck to their guns. And now, Everything is kind of uh, plateaued a little bit. All those bands are appreciated, much in the same way. They all tour together. They all more or less love each other. A lot of hatchets have been buried. Though I can't say the same for uh, Dave Mustaine. I'm sure uh, a lot of people still <laughs> don't really like him. I mean, he's the only remaining original member in Megadeth right now. Because now Dave, the other Dave, the bassist, he's been kicked out. Oh. That that's a that's another can of worms. But you look at the you look at the history of people who have been in Megadeth, and Dave is the only surviving member. Well, <laughs> it's just been a rigmarole of other guitarists and other bassists and drummers. It's just a. I mean, David was the same uh, was the same bassist throughout, but he did leave and come back for a while. Now he's left again. <laughs> what do you? Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap the show you keep up. moving on is what you do. <laughs> right, and we're going to move on to my pick. Uh, continuing, you know, classic rock 80s vibe with, uh, you know, some of the bands I've been picking are bands I think people know, but maybe uh, lesser known tracks. Sometimes, you know, trying to avoid the hitters, trying to go to the tracks that I like that weren't their number ones or maybe the ones they're specifically known for, even though... You know, some of the, the, the Dire Straits song, I'm sure people knew. And this song right here, the band is Queen. I'm sure people know who Queen is. Freddie Mercury is amazing. Ooh. One of the, the greatest uh, artists, entertainers ever. And man, that guy has a voice. And the movie Queen, if you like, like documentary-esque, but movies in that form, I guess. Go, I would biopics. go check it out. Yeah, biopic, there you go. Go check that one out. Uh, Fat Bottom Girls, that is the track that we're going to play. It comes off... Have you heard that track? <laughs> oh, they make the world go round, man. Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to find an undercut of Queen. I know. Because, man. <laughs> but as likes you to play Bohemian Rhapsody or We Will Rock You Until We Are the Champions, yeah. I've heard those too many times. Right. Too many 
times. I love Queen, and I'm avoiding those types. Yeah. So fuck iHeartRadio for that. <laughs> <laughs> this specific one here, Fat Bottom Girls, came off their album Jazz, which came out November 10th of 1978, which was well over a year before I was born. For sure, about five or so months before I was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely before Eric was alive. Thank you for the specifics. <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar for some reason, Queen, they formed in London in 1970, so eight years after they were they formed as a band, and this was their seventh album, album uh, Jazz. So eight years after forming as a band, they put out their seventh album, and since Freddie Mercury has passed away in the 80s, uh, they, they decided to start playing shows again as a band, and they had Paul Rogers, a bad company, doing vocals for them, 04 to 09, and Adam Lambert since 09, if you're, he's a, what is that show, uh, American Idol. I think yeah. He, I think he was on it or won it or something yeah, a lot of I'm years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I remember. Prior to 09, for sure. I remember he was a, he was a poster child for a lot of, uh, I don't know, for a lot of the alternative community that was still very poppy at the right. same time. Right. It was like the, uh, yeah, it was like the uh, gay Avril Lavigne. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on this specific track, this is, both the guitar and the bass are played in drop D tuning for the song, which is a rarity for Queen. And uh, off this album, they released as a dual single. We were talking about dual EP. Well, as a dual single, Bicycle Race and Fat Bottom Girls. But Bicycle Race got most of the notoriety because they put together like a, I think, a video. For sure, a picture. They took pictures and they actually formed a bicycle race for this and took pictures. And it was in the video. I think I seen a video. But I don't think the video had the naked ladies. I'd have to go back and watch it anyway. It was <laughs> a bunch of naked ladies doing a bicycle race. And there is a whole long story to go with that. We're going to focus here on the track. Uh, the other side of that single is a dual A side, but the other portion of Bicycle Race is Fat Bottom Girls. It only reached number 24 on U.S. charts. So, again, I'm not picking the, the big hitters, but it did reach number 11 in the U.K., and I think it even got to, like, number 5 in France as a single. Uh, the album Jazz, it sold a lot, but it was Queen, and it was their seventh album. People knew who they were at that point. So... Fat Bottom Girls, here's Queen. Oh, you're gonna take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you're gonna let it all hang out. Fat Bottom Girls, you make the rockin' world go
track tied into the bicycle race yes i heard <laughs> get on your bike get on your bikes and ride i think uh yeah i think the first time i was introduced to that song is funnily enough it was the opening credits music to supersize me nice <laughs> yeah, it's just a. You know, the song talking about the obesity epidemic by way of mcdonald's and that song is playing i'm like oh god that is so perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> oh, but goddamn. I love how uh, bluesy Freddie Mercury gets in his tone right there. Right. You know, he just sounds like it's coming from uh, some Appalachian bar or just somewhere in the deep south. It's like, right. you made a bad boy out of me. <laughs> but no, he's just some. Uh, he is just a homosexual British person who is uh, small in both girth and stature <laughs> with a mustache. He's the yes. last person you expect to be singing in a drawl like that. Absolutely. But that was the beauty of Freddie Mercury. Man could, oh, the man could sing like a piano. <laughs> yes. He was amazing. Uh, I love Queen. Hadn't played Queen yet, so there we go. That's that's my, my Queen play. I hope you enjoy Queen, and if you don't, if you, for whatever reason, haven't listened to Queen, you should go mm-hmm. check out Queen. The three tracks that Eric mentioned, you can pass those. They probably play those at sporting events and uh, been on, I don't know how many soundtracks and whatever. You've probably heard those. Too go many. listen to some of the others. <laughs> Too many. Right? Except for Bohemian Rhapsody. That was only a one soundtrack that I knew of, and of course, that was Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was the one that introduced a whole generation to Queen. Absolutely. Myself included. <laughs> well, actually, no, it was a We Will Rock You because you know, that's the, it's everywhere. It the is. The song is everywhere. It is. Yeah, but Queen's been everywhere. They're omnipresent, especially in the 70s and 80s. I mean, of course, they were the biggest band from the UK at that time. I mean, Zeppelin was dead, so Queen was next. Absolutely. <laughs> Great band. Check them out. Let's wrap the show up. I hope you enjoyed all the great tracks and all the great insight. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You found us someplace, but you can find us all those places too. On Instagram, you can find the bands at Show Me The Body, at La, L-A, underscore, bomb, underscore, at The Woodsman Band, at OKC Agony, 
And at SLC Punkcast, most of, well, half the bands did not have an Instagram. But yeah. <laughs> that's what he do. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. Yeah, I have one. At <laughs> scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. You can find my band on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. And you can find us on Facebook at anonymous band SLC. And our band camp at anonymous SLC.bandcamp.com. And I got to uh, plug my friend Landon, who has been taking photos of shows coming back into the fold. You have probably seen quite a few right now, but the show that he uh, took pictures of at the uh, uh, at the unnamed house <laughs> that had uh, dysentery and usurpers and uh, power beer and violent unrest, you've probably been seeing those uh, floating around in their respective uh, in the respective bands' Instagrams. And Facebook, pretty much. He shares his photos all around. So if you want him to uh, photograph your band, like I'm talking headshots or, you know, profile shots, hit him up and check out his work on his Instagram, which is just at Landon Hale. And, and yeah, he will be happy to do that. He does it for a living. He's in there with the pit, with slamming beer cans and uh, beer spilling everywhere with his camera. And he's taking photos of the action while being a part of it. Gonzo photojournalism, I call it. Well, uh, I think, folks, if you're touring and coming here, you should hit him up. Uh, He'll probably be at the show anyway, so hit him up uh, for pictures. Go go check out all those pictures, Eric said, and all the bands that we've been talking about on bands that we've been going to see recently because he's been at all of those shows. And hit him up, and you can have him do pictures when you come to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And also, I will uh, review your albums on the show and also on my upcoming podcast. Oh, that was another thing I forgot to plug. Well, good thing we didn't <laughs> have time. Yep, I am also at uh, Circle Pit Radio. I am uh, currently doing uh, the Wrecked podcast on there, at Wrecked. And I will be doing a show on there. It's going to be called At Lead Melodies. I don't know why I'm putting ad in front of everything. They do- that one doesn't exist. It doesn't exist yet. It will. It will. I will be making that a review channel. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Album reviews and whatnot. I like doing that. So if you like uh, to hear other people's opinions on your music, send them my way. I will talk about it. Awesome. Well, you can find the bands on Facebook as well at smtb.official. That's for Show Me the Body. At Labom Punk. At the Woodsman Music, at OKC Agony, at Bleed Punks with an X, at Red Alert Sunderland, and the show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for tuning in to episode 219. Thank you for sticking around all the way up to this point. Eric, any final thoughts before we end it? Uh, just uh, keep paying attention to the music. I'm reiterating. I'm re. Fuck. I'm reiterating. <laughs> <laughs> what I said earlier about the band's uh, Agony and their EP. Um, yeah, just uh, when you sit down and you actually want to listen to a record, don't listen to it while you're driving. Don't listen to it while you're working or playing that as background music. Or Really, if you really want to absorb the record, listen to where you want to concentrate on it. You Either when you're working out and you want to avoid the pain or the work that you're putting your body through, or just simply uh, relaxing and... Uh, Just closing your eyes and letting the music take you where it wants you. (laughs) So, yeah, do that more. (laughs) Awesome. That's that's what I'm going to leave you with. Do that more. Pay attention to the music. 
People put effort into that. Now, the least you can do is put effort into listening to it. I'm wagging my finger at you. (laughs) (laughs) All of you. And if you're already doing it, good job. Keep doing it. Please. (laughs) Play the fucking outro.